Motivation. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on, Williams. Come on, Williams. Okay. I'm pumped. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Cable and Lindsay Williams. guys just a quick reminder that the creative language learning podcast is sponsored today by Clothesmaster. if you want a language learning app that delivers and keeps you hooked you need to get on Clothesmaster. it's super addictive and open to a huge range of language learners thanks to its amazing 50 languages to support our show today go to clothesmaster.com clp where you will find a bonus video with tips from me and a special voucher to use if you decide to try out their pro membership so that's clothesmaster.com clp and i'll see you there Hey, lovers of languages, welcome to episode 67 of the Creative Language Learning Podcast. And I've got good news for everybody. The co-host is back. Hey, Lindsay Dow, Lindsay Williams. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still doing the last name thing. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> it took me about two and a half years to change my last name. Oh, yeah. Still going on. Yeah. It, yeah. I must say Skype it still is. is is the uh, the worst one I think. What you is the worst? Your Skype. She can't change your username. My username has my surname in. Oh, so yeah, yeah. So you're stuck on Skype. I have yeah. my Skype is fluent language. To everybody out there, my Skype name is fluent language. So I'm easy to find, and you can change your name name. Mm. on the thing so Lindsay, you're a little bit under the weather so hopefully we're gonna pull through and get you motivated with this podcast which is also I our know. main topic we're gonna talk about yeah, motivation today <laughs> you are i need this today this topic. <laughs> so how are you doing and where are you at i'm good i'm in uh merida um i'm a little bit ill i was sick um like sick sick um so i'm just recovering now today's like the first day i'm attempting a full day's work so yeah wow well i'm glad to have you on the show i'll try and keep the energy up for the two of us but we've Thanks. got so much motivating stuff we've got motivation tips today we have got some word developments and word discussions um that i think are going to be super interesting and Finally, we've got a sponsor that we have mentioned several times before, but I just want to make everybody aware that our sponsor for episode 67 is once again Close Master the app. And I'll tell you about that a little bit later. Okay, so we're going to split our motivation tips into two themes. Two themes. Number one, because it's October. And October is the season of falling leaves and cold weather. And what's October like for you, Lindsay? Do you like October? I do. Although there's there's not many falling leaves or cold weather here. There's some mild rain in the afternoons, like clockwork, but not every day. So not, not every really day, like clockwork. But if it <laughs> if it happens, it's it's at the same time. Um, but it's it's a good thirty plus degrees. Oh my god! Yeah. So you're not feeling not exactly your... British autumnal, are you? Not your average, not your average October. No, 
Well, Lindsay's going to take over the non-seasonal side of the tips, um, which is really good advice and tips for maintaining motivation when you are learning a language by yourself. And I'm going to come in with a maybe slightly more fun, sillier version of the tips. And I have lots of autumn or fall if you're in the USA half of the world. Um, and again, I don't know what the Australians say. I think they say autumn. So I've got autumnal seasonal tips for language learning and maintaining motivation. That's kind of the, the bulk of our show. But before we go there, Lindsay, I've got, a, I've got a word for you. And I wonder if you've ever heard this before. Okay, hit me. Okay. So the word is, and tell me what, tell me what it sounds like to you. The word is heap eating. Heap heating. Heap eating, yeah. Is it one word? It's one word, yeah. Would you like me to okay. spell it? Yeah. Okay, this is like a quiz show. So it's H-E-P-E-A-T-I-N-G. Heap-eating. Huh, okay, that's not what I thought it was going to be. It sounded to me like heap-heating, as if, I don't know, like you're, you're batching up your heating. Heating <laughs> on it like... 60 degrees for 10 minutes, you know, like a blast and then turning it off for the rest of the day. But I'm guessing it's not that. It is, <laughs> it is not that. That's a good guess, actually. It's like heating in a heap. Yeah. A, a heap of heating. <laughs> yeah. It is not a heap of heating. It's um, heap heating. So this is a portmanteau, um, a combination of the word he, like the male, the singular male pronoun, and repeating. And I found this in an article from a website called The Debrief. Um, and I'll put the link in the show notes. And the full title is Heapeating When Men Say What You Just Said But Louder. Okay. So this goes into the same family as mansplaining. Mm. I have mixed feelings about these words. Mm, they seem to, you know, a lot of people, they seem to trigger a certain extent of not all men. Yeah, there's that. And also it's difficult because like, does it mean like if I was a man right now in 2017, I'd feel pretty awkward if I'm with a female who says something and I then want to explain it in a non patronizing way. I feel like I wouldn't be able to because... I'd be accused of mansplaining. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but like, like I'm very conscious as a female of saying, oh, he mansplained me because in reality is someone just explaining something to me that I actually didn't understand? I don't know. Mm. Like I get that it, I get that it happens. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's become almost a, a trend. I understand what you're saying, yes. I think yeah. the the way I understood mansplaining is certainly, you know, not in a genderized way necessarily. I, I think that I'm, I'm sort of in my head taking the gender out of it a little bit. I'm taking mm. it as factual that because men tend to present more confidently and tend to speak up more confidently than, than mm. women, it it and women tend to assent a little bit more easily that it does mm. happen more often in conversations because we're socialized this way that a man might um be more likely to engage in this kind of behavior but ultimately it's 
It's not explaining something to somebody when they actually don't know. It's kind of almost cutting somebody off halfway through and then going, oh, yes, and this and this and this. Uh, childbirth is a good example. So there might be there might be a female who who makes a comment about childbirth and the man go the man starts going, oh yes, I have heard this and this and this and this. Thereby, a, a lot of a lot a lot of women will now say, well, you didn't even want to hear what I had to say. Like and and the and when a man has clearly never given birth, never given birth, so it's like never given okay. birth. Lucky them. <laughs> yeah. But you know so. So this is, it's a funny one, isn't it? And I think it's, it's a good one to highlight. I liked, my, I think my favorite out of those, there's two more that I have for you, actually. Um, okay. So see, see if you can make, make sense of these. Um, and I give some credit to our um, podcast of admiration, Talk the Talk, who, who have a word of the week and kind of inspired me. And when I saw he peating, I thought I'm going to bring this onto the podcast. It's interesting. So the next one I have for you is the word Manal. 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 <laughs> so I'm so I'm getting the man bit. Mm-hmm. And the ul. How are you spelling that? Um M A N E L. M A N E L. L, yeah, L for Lima. I, I don't know. A manal is when you go to a conference and we we know this has happened, you know, we, we see this on a regular, oh, regular basis. Like a panel that's yes. men. Yes. Okay. When you're at a conference or you're watching a, a news show, or I find in the UK this happens so much with panel quiz shows, where it's basically uh-huh. five dudes and a woman, and this is the standard lineup. Hmm. Like, there's always a token lady, but it's you never will have the women in the majority, unless it's loose women, and it's a show that makes a massive thing out of it being women. But when it's about a topic, say, in STEM, or, I mean, even at language conferences, we've seen this, you know, that it's it it it's easier i think it's easier to to spot the guys who are in um what do you call it anführungszeichen when you <laughs> who are in, in inverted commas that's it who are in inverted commas experts right right so when we look for experts that's that's i think what manuel says to me when we look for experts in our heads we are more likely to look for men than women see see this is another interesting one because i feel like something like this takes a lot of time to change because you would need experts of other genders but also i would say not other not only other genders but also other you know, races, religions, etc. You know, if if you want to be fully representative, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then at the same time, like you just said about the TV panel shows having like a token female, you can't then just be like, oh, we have a female, we have a black person, we have a white man, we have, you know, then it's like, look, we've got one of each, and that's almost worse in a way because then it's just almost showing like, look, we're so representative. So, but I feel like it takes time to for these things to change because you need it's a lot you know if if you have a a tv panel show let's say most of those people are going to be in their what 30s 40s so for those people that are growing up now to then be on a panel show that are growing up in this era of more awareness of um an importance of a variety of representation then that's going to take time for them to come through 
Can you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Okay. And I wonder, I wonder what, what this sort of situation would be like in maybe 10, 20 years time. That's interesting. And you almost bring mm. me to think about, um, isn't it funny? Like, because all, all, all we're really overnight. talking about is, is like three, three words. And it shows yeah. the power of words, how much yeah. they represent the, a whole, a whole political, or let's call it political, a whole social, uh, you know, like social justice way of thinking. Mm. Mm. You know? Because, like, I, I feel now that this is a very almost hot topic and it's very, um, like I said, almost mansplain is almost like a trendy word to use, which is wrong because that then creates more of a division. You mm. know, if, 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 if it's, it's equality that people want, then it's by, by dividing, by, by these words that, you know, by their definition, even if, like I say, you know, I'm, I'm not claiming that these things don't happen. You know, they happen. So a word has been created for a thing that happens. That's how language works, right? Yeah. But even if, even if it happens, I think when these words are then created, it can become almost damaging because it, it does create more of a division of like men versus women. And that's not what I would say mm. that we're after in this world. It's more, you know, more of an equal playing field rather than. But don't you think it's worth paying the price of causing a little bit of offense or, or division? Um, because the, uh, if if the other cost, if the bigger cost is to just ignore it well, and no, to yeah. not I'm, touch on it, yeah, like I'm not saying it should be ignored, and I think it's important that it's acknowledged and that it is being acknowledged now. I would say more so than it seems in my lifetime. Um, but yeah, I, I I hope that it all kind of goes the right direction. Mm, because otherwise, you know what we end up with? What's that? Here's another word. Okay. Broflakes. Broflakes. Bro. Is this like snowflakes? But bros. So apparently... How does that work? <laughs> apparently, the, um, apparently broflakes is actually an, an alt-right word, which is a whole other, you know, like, disaster happening in the world. Um, so... What happens sometimes is that people, and I think this is this is where it gets tricky. Er, because it's already tricky, right? So you say like, "Oh, look, this this guy like proper mansplained me." Um, you know, like I I said I like learning languages, and he started talking. You know, like, and he didn't even he didn't recognize the fact that I've been learning languages for twenty years and expertise and all that stuff. He went straight into telling me um, all about how. Immersion, immersion is the only way. Yeah, exactly. You have to yeah. move to the country and he speaks with yeah. such authority and there's no consideration given to the fact that I actually know how this works or I yeah. know I know very well. So let's say, okay, mansplaining. Jesus, and it really, it was, it was infuriating. It was annoying. Kirsten, don't be such a snowflake, right? So, oh, a snowflake is, I guess, sensitive and, and vulnerable and like a little vulnerable thing that's going to melt and very, very... Um, so, you know, reactive to the elements. So if you then turn this around and a man starts going, well, not all men, mansplain. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me explain to you how not all men, this is really, da- this is really dangerous and this does happen, you know, because when you're on the back foot, you become more of a, you know, you're, you're not as nice. So, <laughs> mm. <laughs> so when this happens, 
This is how I understand it. And um, so you're taking offense to somebody accusing you of something that perhaps is actually, you, you're being a misogynist. So this whole bro thing is not like about, oh, men stand up for themselves. Not really, because it comes from misogynist circles. Because in a way, anything that goes white men stand up for themselves has to come from a misogynist circle, right? Because they're all, you know, they don't need to stand up for themselves because they're already doing fine in society in the grand scheme of Ooh. things. God, that's the most confusing one. <laughs> yeah, so snowflakes is, is almost like an answer to an answer to a word that was an answer to a social well, phenomenon. All... They're all retorts, aren't they? I mean, snowflake, I feel, has almost been reclaimed. So people would use it as an insult, particularly perhaps 2016 during sort of election and, and, and Brexit and everything, when people would be, yeah, yeah, you know, just, oh, you I upset. This. Oh, well, you're just a snowflake, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and, and would use it as a retort. But then it felt like it was almost reclaimed that people would be like, yeah, I am a snowflake. And I wonder if words like these, like mansplain, you know, manal, I've forgotten the first one. I wonder if they will be reclaimed in a similar way or if that's even possible. I wonder if they translate as well. Like, is there a French version of mansplaining? You know, is there a just, German word for mansplaining? Thinking, I was just thinking I would not want to be learning English right now. <laughs> word. Yes. Like, all the time. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think all of these words, in a way, are creations of the internet, which is perhaps mm. what explains the, um, the, 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 the focus on it being a word, you know, because you have to make it something written so that it travels online. Yeah. And, and that, that would kind of explain the way that they all sort of follow a same pattern. They're all portmanteaus, etc. They're not um, complete new word creations. They are, we take something and we almost hijack an existing word. It is really yeah. interesting. So I think they're all creations of the internet, and the internet is is often English dominant. So I don't know. Um, si vous êtes français, wenn ihr Deutsche seid und ihr viel mehr Deutsch lest als ich, um, um, si ustedes eran um, eran, I don't know, <laughs> es español o habláis español. If you're a Spanish speaker, I don't know any other language, and you know. Uh, how another language deals with mansplaining, heap-eating, manal, bro-flakes, and similar social justice words. It would be so interesting to hear from you. And uh, we're going to maybe research this and revisit it in a later show. What do you think, Lindsay? Mm. It's definitely an interesting thing right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting discussion and just uh, a real reminder of the power, the massive, massive power of words. But Lindsay, I have something that is actually, you know, important to the survival of humanity. So I need to, um, I need to lead you on to our second word, which okay. it, this is, this is a funny important one. Important to the survival of humanity. This is wow. the, highly yeah. important, <laughs> you okay. know, because what we just discussed, it was nothing. It pales in the importance of number two. <laughs> I'm ready. Yes. And number two is simply the word T. And this, this came to me, this was a oh. thought, um, this was a thought that occurred to me because at, at, one of, at my co-working space, I currently drink yogi tea. And when you look mm. at what yogi tea has in it, there's, there's no tea leaf in it. 
So they call it mm. Yogi Tea. It is a German product, as far as I'm aware. And yeah. Germans will call most things that are hot water with some kind of infusion tea. But my English colleague told me, look, this is not tea because there's no tea leaf in it. No black tea, no green tea, no... What I'm sorry, white tea. What, what, what colleague? Your English-speaking colleague? My, my native English colleague. Okay. Or like the guy in the co-working space. He was of the opinion that this can't possibly be tea because it has no tea leaf in it. So I mm -hmm. wondered, how do you as a Brit think of the word tea? And okay. there are other words for tea. And is this a, is this a British thing? I have lots of thoughts on this. I'm, okay, <laughs> first of all, I should clarify. I'm a bad Brit. I don't like what I'm going to call black tea, by which I mean black tea leaves, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. when I say black tea, I don't mean tea without milk. I mean black tea leaves. So I don't like an, a, a typical English breakfast tea or Earl Grey or whatever you want to call it if it has black tea leaves in the bag or in the loose leaves, whatever, right? But I do like all other teas. So I like fruit teas, herbal teas, um, rubus, red bush teas, green tea is okay, um, white tea maybe, right? But the ones I prefer the most are herbal teas and fruit teas, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, when I, I, and I've never had a problem with calling any of those tea, but when I went to France earlier this year, I was working in France and in the little office, there were mostly English people, but there was a French um, kind of team. And one of the ladies on the French team, every single time, I'd always get it wrong. I'd say, she'd say, oh, does anyone want to drink? She'd put the kettle on. And I'd say, oh, oui, uh, une thé de, de mont, or whatever it was, like the mint tea thing mm -hmm. they had going on. And she'd say, no. And see, she'd say, no, no, c'est pas du thé. Il n'y a pas du thé là. Said, oh, there's no tea there. It's, it's, not, it's not tea. What? And I'd be like, yeah. And I'd say, but it's just, it's mint tea. I was just doing the translation. No, c'est une tisane. Tisane. Oh, tisane is infusion, right? Yeah, right. And so I, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, okay, I've heard that word. Okay, I'll try and remember. Of course, I didn't remember because automatically, in my mind, that's a tea, mm -hmm. right? And um, yeah, so she would, every, every single day this would happen and I still wouldn't get it. But then on the other side, here in, in Mexico, I've noticed all of the boxes in Walmart, there's, there's not a huge range of teas if we use the collective term for every infusion um there's not a huge in fact there's not many black tea leaves right there's maybe like one or two boxes of twinings on the top shelf that are like six dollars worth mm -hmm. but then everything on the box says tea and they're mostly mint chamomile like you know lemon yeah yeah so it's it's the complete opposite and for me that's fine i don't have an issue with that at all I to me it's like the um um that feels more like the German style of referring to tea whereas mm -hmm. I think Germans will when you say just tea you are probably if you're in a restaurant you get black tea and I remember in sort of 60s um 60s shows you'd you know sort of when or like a 60s film when the lady went to the cafe and ordered a tea they might say um, mit Sahne oder Zitrone. Like, do you want cream mm. or do you want lemon with this? And these are all bizarre things that I would never put near my tea. What? So, um, 
so there is seemingly like this this tradition of tea drinking and it being some kind of black tea but the way i know tea in in germany is that when you get a black tea and this is very this is regional so i have a friend who is from um ostfriesland the very mm. northern western western tip of germany but it's east friesland so um she's like you know like she's proper northerner and they drink i think that little region drinks like 80% of all the tea consumed in germany because we're a coffee nation except up there but the way i knew tea was it would be some kind of fruit infusion thing so when you order tea oh. they might say pfefferminz camel you know it might be like mint and chamomile and then perhaps yeah. one extra but interesting but it, but it wouldn't really have stuff in it it wouldn't really have milk in it i remember being on english school exchange and absolutely freaking out because my english exchange student put milk in the tea and her dad would say <laughs> some day they, they said have we got enough milk for tomorrow and the dad would say we have enough for tea and yeah. i just remember laughing hysterically yeah, yeah. it is I, I yeah i i don't get it because i've never liked sort of british style tea so uh for me i find that weird yeah and british style usually being um, just a plain black tea leaf, not like in Germany where the black tea is usually flavored. So you get something like almond tea and it's black mm. base, but mm. with some almond flavoring in it, or you, there's thousands of different flavorings. But then the British tea is a plain black infusion, I guess, plain black tea leaves, like Assam or something, or, or English yeah. breakfast, and then with milk in it. I think that's yeah. the average Brit takes milk, right? Most people, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. My grandma has black tea because I've had this problem before where I've I've made tea for my grandma and I said, oh, do you want a drink? I have a cup of tea. And uh, so I make a, 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 I say, oh, do you want just black tea? Me thinking I have a huge range of tea bags in my cupboard and I'm offering you <laughs> the standard ones that I don't drink that we have here for guests. <laughs> and um Oh yeah, yeah. And she'll, she'll say no, 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 not black, not black, not black. And I'm like, oh, well, I've got mint, I've got caramel. She's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like, um. <laughs> so it can cause some confusion. It can, and this is interesting in the in the echo of the words that we discussed earlier about mansplaining and heap heating and all that stuff. Because mm. tea then becomes an untranslatable even though you can say tea in lots of other places and it's sort of it'll sort of mean hot water with yeah. some stuff in it that isn't coffee yeah but you know you don't really know what you're getting you don't <laughs> you don't know what you're getting you don't know what yeah, you're getting I mean, i'm thinking in in um a lot of places in like southeast asia where they have condensed milk so they'll add Ooh. milk quote unquote but it's like a condensed milk from a tin so it's really really sweet oh that sounds nice it, yeah, actually, I I'm on. I'm on my way nice. there. <laughs> Vietnam, yeah. here I come. Did you know? Uh, this is one of my party facts. <laughs> uh, that in all of the world's languages, apparently, the words for tea will only ever descend from two words: either tea, like tea, tea, or, or can I guess the other one? Yeah, chai. It is chai. <gasps> uh. I, I can't think of an exception. I've never seen an exception. Oh, I know. In Polish. In Polish? Do they say erbata? 
Oh, but that, does that mean black tea? Because that sounds herbal. herbal. Yeah, uh, her, her batter, it's written, I'm sure. Wow. I'm going to quickly Google Translate this. Yeah, and you we don't can, think that can... comes from, like, herbal tea? No, because they, English would have been, like, the last language they had, right? Uh, batter. Yeah. Tea from Polish. Yeah. yeah. Polish. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. So I wonder if that, if, I wonder if Polish is our exception. I don't know what tea is in Hungarian, um, but that was my, that was my party fact. So party fact ruined. <laughs> <laughs> taxi. Sorry, taxi. Taxi is another one. Here we go. Tea in Polish is erbata, which as well as Lithuanian arbata was derived from the Dutch herbati. Although a minority believe it was derived from Latin herbatea, meaning tea herb. Oh, so it does kind of come back to the tea word in in a very roundabout way. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh. so you could still you could still use your pie fact. I could still use my pie, but you, you know, like you nobody just... calls it like I don't know. Nobody calls it like malana or something like that. It's just it's always tea or chai. Is what I heard. Fun fact. Fun fact. There's, there's, I, we'll link to this in the show notes. Please. There's a core answer on it. It says, um, the Bur- oh, sorry, it's a nice little truck going past there. It says the Burmese word lakpak comes from the same Sino-Tibetan root as both cha and te, but doesn't Ooh. derive from them directly. Wow. There you go. Oh my gosh, should have gone to Quora. We've got the answers. I got the answers. <laughs> okay, now, enough of tea, enough of mansplaining. Shall we go into the meat and main topic of our podcast? Yes. Because I can feel yes, you flagging, yeah. Lindsay. And I think you can need you? a little bit of motivation. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on, Williams. Come on, Williams. Okay. I'm pumped. Okay, so this is a, a breezy, I think we'll, we'll do it, we'll make it a breezy, a breezy quick one. Because we have got 10, 10, woohoo, 10 motivational tips or ways that you can spice up your language learning, spice up your, your lingo for the autumn season when you're learning by yourself. So Lindsay's going to have the kind of really good advice at any time, ways of getting motivated, which we thought were important to include and to really support you guys who are learning by yourselves because learning a language by yourself is not always easy. And one of the biggest problems that I I hear from language learners all around the world is you lose motivation. You just feel like it's not going anywhere and you get distracted and you forget sort of what you were in there in the first place for. So I think motivation is is a huge challenge and it's just there's so many interesting and exciting ways to get going so we'll have some quick actionable tips we'll have some mindsets we've got a whole range are you Who ready williams start? i'm ready are you ready gladiators ready <laughs> okay so i think we shall take turns and you start okay. with your number one so my first one is really simple um, fix little things into your routine and then big things will feel like a treat. So what I mean by that is routine, for, for me, I find routine really important. I know that we differ on this slightly, Kirsten, but I think that anyone, you know, regardless of, of how you find routine, having something small that you can fit in 
is a really easy way to just keep that motivation ticking over even when you're feeling a big lack of motivation and what so something so our sponsor clothes master would be a great example of this you can do it really quickly you can do it it's very easy to just do every day and, and to keep your your streak um, again something like duolingo memorize it's really small really easy to just find a regular time in your day when you can add this in so maybe the first thing you do when you wake up is probably look at your phone right so rather than go to your phone and go straight to facebook go to your phone and go on to close master first mm-hmm. or go on to duolingo or memorize or whatever it is you're using right now mm-hmm. and just do that little thing you don't have to sit there for a whole 15 minutes half an hour whatever you know just a couple of minutes do, 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 and then up you get straight out of bed and you've done something even if the you know in the rest of your day you don't get a chance to really sit down and have a sort of full-on bit of study time then you've done something and that mm-hmm. means that when you do get the chance for a bit of a longer sesh should we say and i'm not talking about like sesh chug 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 i know <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking about my kind of sesh then um then you you it feels a bit more like a treat like you've earned it does that make sense ah so yeah fix fix little things into your routine don't worry about thinking well i need to study for three hours every day so I'm going to do that for day one and day two. It just doesn't happen. Yes, you know, fix, yes. Fix something small that you can achieve every day. Start mm. small. I absolutely agree with that. So the big things, do you think that the big things, that we run a risk when we do that, that the big things will fall under the table? How do we make them into mm. a treat? What is a big thing then? Well, a big, well, it's up to you to decide. So it could be that, you know, if you like sitting down with your books and all your stuff and just having a real half hour hour or even longer to yourself where you're studying languages then that can be a big thing Mm -hmm. maybe for you that just does not work in which case a big thing might be you're actually taking some time to watch a film maybe with a little notepad to make some notes of new words or expressions maybe a big thing is you're taking some time to sit down and have uh, an italki lesson you know anything that either takes more time or takes more concentration or energy or focus so it's not just about time you know it, it generally plays a factor it's also about things that take more 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 focus but also things that perhaps take more resources so maybe if you have there's a really great activity that you love but you need to have the internet there you need to have your book and your headphones and your notepad and you don't always have those things so when you do have all those things together in the same place at the same time you're like right buddies let's go and then you you're away so yeah it's kind of determining what it means for you maybe for you something small is um watching an episode of something that's like 20 minutes maybe mm-hmm. that counts as as small for you because you can fit it in that's fine if if that counts as something big for you that's fine too it's just determining what is right for you and i think that's another huge thing with motivation is making sure that you are not becoming obsessed with what everyone else is doing yes well there is no there is no right or wrong and you're right Absolutely. that for me <laughs> there's no right or wrong but you're right <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lindsay's right, but you know, there's no right or wrong. Um, I believe that there is no right or wrong, like, language learning method and Mm. not necessarily one is better than the other. I don't think you need to be that strict about it. Um, And you're right, it's, to me, I I love watching, you know, like watching a show 
in in my target language and to me that is something that is easier or you could make mm. it a little thing by just switching the subtitles on and then saying okay well i've done you know i've done a bit of that yes so that could be a little thing right so mm -hmm. it could be that you have your time in the evening where you regularly watch something and so you've decided okay i'm gonna watch in um my target language today yeah but i'm gonna have a little treat and i'm gonna have just the subtitles in my language so you know that is maybe a little thing is you're not you know you're not going all in you're not making it really intense with a notepad with like flicking back to repeat bits you're you know you're just you're giving yourself a little treat there by just keeping it small and just having the sound as as that little thing definitely so, but but that could be you know that's obviously a, then a longer time so the little thing as well isn't just about quick one minute go 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 yeah it reminds me of this this thing that i kept you know, sort of this this year especially i've really um realized and i've been saying to people so so much is that language learning cannot be a project it has to be a habit mm, mm. and it's that isn't it? it's the the idea of you know your routine if you if you have a routine or just you know do little things regularly i love this okay so basically do a little thing fixed you know like just just have it on as your non-negotiable and you will always feel like you've already done something mm. this reminds me of Absolutely. when i ran park run as well um the, the lancaster park run more than the canterbury one but the canterbury one as well it has it, it's got quite a hill in it and you have to do the hill twice so i have recently when i when i've been sort of huffing and puffing up the hill i'm thinking oh well i've already done it i've already done it once this is the last time i've already done yeah. it once you know like i've succeeded before and it is motivating because you just feel like you're not starting from zero yeah and you know like if, if you're running you're not thinking oh i have to get to the 5k you've got your timer on saying one kilometer ran in x number of minutes and so that's like okay let's get to the next kilometer or the next marker yeah you know or let's keep running up until that bench and that's what it is with, with language. You just, piece by piece, you know, you'll get there, you'll get to the end. Yeah, yeah. And before you know it, you've, no you've languaged a marathon. <laughs> okay. Ultra marathon, I think. You what? The ultra marathon, I think. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, that is what language learning is, really. It's an ultra marathon of life. Absolutely. The, the more you learn, the more excited you get. And for some reason, it's fun. Okay, so I have tip number two which is a seasonal tip and we the season i'm focusing on here is of course autumn should you not live in mexico where it's still above 30 degrees you might have noticed leaves are falling days are getting shorter um if you are in the southern hemisphere uh park this one i guess for in six months um or refer back to the summer or perhaps you're feeling some of these you know some of these will still apply for you no matter what the weather okay so it is Autumn season, of course, and it's back to television season. There are so many shows coming on now where after people, you know, when in the summer holidays, nobody really sits down to watch television in the evening. Now it's getting colder. People sit inside all the time. And the good news of that is really a lot of shows internationally as well are starting new seasons. And if you are the kind of person who has been watching or following a season, Look out for a new series. Look out for a new season. We have got a, po um, a podcast episode on television watching. So I'm going to link that in the show notes to give you some tips. If you're in the UK, Walter Presents on Channel 4 is a wonderful repository of lots and lots of foreign language 
um, films and television, but really back to TV seasons. So if you feel like you sort of lost touch with your language or over the summer you felt like, yeah, 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 I'm kind of getting on and so I'll, I'll do, I'll do my German next week. It now is a great time to check out what's on offer. Uh, within a month of now, all the sort of holiday blockbusters are going to start coming in. So this is a big media season. I know it was um, Super Tuesday, not the Brit not the American election one, but the UK publishing one. It was Super Tuesday two weeks ago, which means that the majority of sort of books for Christmas has been published. So this is really back to TV, back to cinema, back to media season. Now, should you be somebody who really doesn't like following television series or stories or anything like that and you just haven't found something in your target language that you like i have a tip for you for something that is so enjoyable in in any language really but it, i think this is the this is the season where i absolutely love this Lindsay, do you know what's really great on television now go on nature documentaries oh that's cozy isn't it and it's yeah. just you can pull up like with a you can pull up a chair or like get yourself cozy on the on your sofa, make yourself a warm cuppa, a cuppa, which is a, just a different word for tea, really, and enjoy a nature documentary. And most channels, because these are reasonably popular and, you know, produced everywhere, most channels, most international television producers will feature something a little bit like that so you you'll be able to access if you can access television in your target language you'll be able to find one so if you look for, looking for something new something newly interesting to watch in your target language i recommend nature documentaries i've been watching welsh walking documentaries recently and even though i don't understand every word of the relevant vocab it's just so relaxing because nature tv is relaxing right Mm. So that is my that is my tip really get into get into television get into the media and find yourself something new because this is the perfect season for it. That actually fits really nicely with my next tip. Oh, okay. Tell me what your next tip is. My next tip is again, very simple one. Find mm. something that you love. This is my number one thing. Whenever people say to me, oh, what do you recommend for, for language learning? You know, one tip, one tip. This is the one tip I always give mm -hmm. because I think motivation is so important because it's the, the reason that you're going to do anything to learn a language, right? It's the reason that you're going to open a book, the reason you're going to book a lesson, the reason that you're going to um, open that app on your phone, whatever, is because you love something about that language. And that's going to help to keep you motivated. For me, music has always been a big one. It could be that the nature documentary that you find is that thing that you love that keeps you going and keeps you motivated. So, yeah, find mm -hmm. something you love. Definitely. I love that. Or you might not. For me, it's not. I don't love necessarily documentaries about hedgehogs or something, but I love sitting and just. Yeah, it's the whole thing, right? Yeah, it's I love the experience. All the association of, yeah. Mm, slow TV, in a way. Yeah, so like, uh, uh, it doesn't have to be like the, okay, here's an example. So um, when we left Cuba, before we came to Mexico, there was, <laughs> when we, well, okay, when we arrived in Havana, 
there was a couple, a German couple on our bus. They said, oh, do you want to share a taxi? We were like, oh, perfect. Yes, let's do that. Mm-hmm. We all get off the bus and everyone's there. Taxi, taxi, hotel. And you're like, no, no, let's just, let me just get our bags. Calm down, calm down. And so you go to get your bags and the German guy came over and said, we've got a taxi. So, okay, that was quick. Fair enough. Turns out German guy didn't speak much Spanish. <laughs> and so uh, had... <laughs> hadn't uh, done a great job of getting the taxi and hadn't arranged two addresses. So anyway, we got to our address first and kind of were like, okay, right, bye. And uh, I said, you know, do you want me to translate the German guys? Like, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll do it. And it's like, but you don't speak Spanish. I can help you. Anyway, I had, I was sat in the front of the taxi because I did speak Spanish and we had a, I had a lovely conversation with the driver and he even gave me his uh, phone number for taking us back to the airport when we left a few days later oh nice and so and he said i'll do it for you for a better price perfect and but we'd had a nice conversation i i made a mistake of of saying he was playing one direction on on the uh on the his he had like an mp3 usb stick and i and i made the mistake remember we were in a car of saying una dirección <laughs> i'm like why did i translate one direction of all the all the band names I could translate, and <laughs> not a great choice, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at me going, "Oh," and he's like, "Do you like?" And I was like, uh, "All right." So, so I explained how I prefer Shakira and how that got me learning Spanish, etc. And uh, he said, "Oh, I've got Shakira on here, but it's on shuffle, so I can't find it." And when we got in the taxi to go back to the airport a few days later, he's playing his music and he's just going, and I was thinking, "Oh." some good songs on here what's he skipping them all for and then he gets to this shakira song this song deja vu Mm -hmm. um it's a a duet with a guy called prince royce and it's not you know it's not the best song but but he played it so loud and it was so sweet the idea of like here's the song here's here's shakira it was just lovely so now that song always makes me feel really happy you know that's like oh i love that song now because of that you know even though it's not the best song so it's like you say it's the whole you know, the whole picture of, of what it means. It's not just about, you know, necessarily even finding it. It might sort of come to you like in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's such a lovely story as well. It was so sweet. I wonder what the German made of it all. Oh no, he didn't come back to the airport with us. <laughs> they, they went somewhere else. Well, the thing was they, they got the bus and then they went into the city for three hours before going to the airport. So I don't know if they even got to where they wanted to go, but hey. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's really Hey-ho. sweet. And I yeah. love I love the idea of, um, you know, like the, the, I love what you're saying about everybody really finding, finding what they love the most. Hmm. Because it's very personal. And the more, you know, the more personal it is, the more of a reason you have rather than just, oh, I have the generic book that everyone has and I'm learning the next language I must learn. Mm-hmm. because polyglot you know it has to be personal yeah yeah and i think we've we've both discovered that i think in the in recent times with the languages or with our our sort of main language choices right mm. that mm. like people ask me why i learn welsh and i keep just going oh because it's really cool i just really love it yeah okay so tip number two from Lindsay was find something you love and then just you know, really follow your heart, you know, be true to yourself. And I think this is, this is good advice for anything, but often people don't know that this is also open to them for language learning. Sounds like a Disney song. Follow your heart. 
<laughs> to yourself. You will be fluent in a month. <laughs> okay. So many, 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 many people, I think you are one of them, uh, will love the topic of my second tip, which is plan a trip. So the, the theme is travel. And now that the seasons are changing, you might find that you are going back into your routine in school, university, or you might have kids going back to school or university, or you've just kind of fallen back into the, okay, now I have to go to work every single week until Christmas time, you know, clock in, clock out, clock in, clock out, or you've got a new project, you've got a lot of work to get done. So days can get very gray in this in in this part of the year maybe not in mexico i will mm. i will warrant that but you know like life can get very gray so why not go onto a little mental holiday in your target country in your destination country your target mm. language country and take either the seasons as an inspiration think think ahead to next year when you want to go or think about What are the autumnal attractions, the fall style attractions in that target country? You know, if you're going to France, what's Paris like in autumn? What's Nice like in autumn? What's Montreal like in autumn? It's getting colder, right? Uh, if you are learning German, obviously Germany, Austria in autumn, very beautiful. There's so many forests you can walk around. Maybe find some poetry. I've got a thing for poetry that relates to it. So really, you know, like you've got seasons are... Seasons are such a, they make everything look different. And, and that's what I love about them. So the autumn season really is a great time, I think, to, to travel and discover your destination also when it's not, you know, imagine what it's like when it's not overrun by, by tourists, perhaps the summer tourist drive that goes to so many places. So you can take this as far as you want. And if you really want to practice in your language as well, you, I mean, of course, you can read about where you could go, plan out your restaurants, think about your itinerary, think about which attractions are going to be really cool to visit, like particularly at this time of year. Perhaps go on a forum where people use your target language and ask for advice on what can you do in October in Merida, right? Because, I mean, Lindsay, you've been sharing that there's so much to do. And you can take this even further and you can really practice. Why not practice the whole booking tourist trips and just, you know, do yourself a little folder, a mood board. You can take this really far. Um, and it's all about keeping going and making language learning interesting, doing something you love, if you love, you know, trip planning um, and planning an imaginary trip to your destination. I think that's a huge motivation booster. Mm, I'm guessing you could do it in the other language as much as possible, right? Like if you find that they have TripAdvisor websites for other languages, I think, for other countries, I think they do, right? There is an international so TripAdvisor, yeah. You know, you could find like French reviews or, you know, look on the actual websites design, you know, the official Eiffel Tower website or whatever and, and you know, view it in French that kind of thing and then you can be bringing in the language to you know as well at the same time exactly exactly mm. i think on tripadvisor you can even filter reviews by language ah perfect so for something that is a huge attraction let's say tower bridge or something like that you will be able to access reviews in just kind of looking <laughs> even for a little canterbury restaurant there's italian I love, I french love the japanese idea. 
I love the idea of people reviewing the bridge. <laughs> they do, nice bridge. though. Tower Bridge, really? Yeah. Okay. They review anything and everything on TripAdvisor, right? I'm going to... Right, out. right. We're going we're gonna... to... Everybody, let's Google. <laughs> Tower, I, I, Tower Bridge, which one even is that? Tower Bridge. TripAdvisor Hong Kong, TripAdvisor New Zealand. Oh, it won't, it won't do it for me. TripAdvisor. It has 26,359 reviews. Mm -hmm. It's a bridge. It's a bridge. Well, there's a museum at the top of the, or there's like a bit where you can go to the top Number of the bridge. Eight. Number eight of 1,685 things to do in London. Yes. And here's the, here's the fascinating bit. There are 13,227 reviews in English. What's the second most popular language for a review of the Tower oh, Bridge? Tower Bridge. <laughs> Italiano. Oh, Italian, really? Italian, followed by Spanish. At number four, there are over 2,400 reviews of Tower Bridge in Portuguese. Wow. Yeah. Followed by French and German, Japanese, Dutch, Russian, Korean, Chinese, Chinese, simplified and traditional, Swedish, Polish, Danish, Greek, Turkish, Hebrew, Norwegian, Czech, Arabic, Finnish, Hungarian, Thai, Indonesian, 10 reviews in Slovak, and three reviews for Tower Bridge. In, you'll never guess it. I, I can see. Serbian. Serbian! <laughs> and they're all five stars. So Serbians love Tower Bridge. Wow. I've never, ever left a TripAdvisor review. Oh, I have. I think I've, I've even left one in German. So I feel like, it's I feel now like I've contributed to somebody else's language learning if they can find my review that I wrote in German. Well, according to this review, it's London's new Superman while Big Ben recovers. <laughs> so that's exciting. Yeah, so that's incredibly worthwhile. And so TripAdvisor is a fantastic, fantastic website. I'm going to put the Tower Bridge reviews in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so, you weren't expecting to say that at the beginning of the show. <laughs> oh, I never do. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, overall, as a motivation tip, particularly for the seasons, um, planning an imaginary trip, either because life has just gone very, very grey or because you can find out what your destination is like in your target language. I think that is my second tip for motivation. What's your third, Lindsay? So I'm going to put on my, my lab coat. Oh, I'm, boffin, boffin alert. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting science now for Ooh. my next three. So first thing is, have you heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Indeed, I have. You have? Okay. Yes. yes. Would you like me a, to? It's a psychological concept? Yeah. So basically, it looks like a triangle. So the idea is that the things, it's a pyramid, perhaps is a better word. So the things at the bottom, you know, there's different rows. And at the bottom of the pyramid are things that you need for the next things to be, you know, so it's, it's in terms of importance. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of, what you need for the next thing to be possible, right? So, for example, um, you know, if you're not at the very, very bottom, it says breathing, food, water, sex, sleep, homo, homeostasis, excretion. You know, if you're not doing those things, then you're not going to be comfortable enough. You know, they're your physiological needs. If you haven't got those, then your safety needs, the next layer up, aren't really 
going to happen you know it's like a pyramid so they need mm. to be supported by the layer beneath i understand um yeah. so they need to be taken yeah. care of yeah so it's not only about thinking of this in terms of your life in general and thinking you know am i making sure that i'm getting enough sleep that i'm you know having the right nourishment without sounding too much like a sort of health podcast all of a sudden but then also thinking about this in terms of language so thinking about Okay, well, there's no point in me focusing on perfecting my pronunciation of the word bonjour until I know I have the, you know, the vocabulary to, you know, the confidence to go further, you know. So, so thinking about what comes first for you. And again, it's going to be so individual. Mm-hmm. So, so you can almost build your own pyramid um, of, of this, of your language hierarchy. It mm-hmm. means. So really, Sometimes you you can't get motivated because you're not actually you're hungry, for example. Oh yeah, so that's yeah. So there's like two angles to it. Yeah, so you've got yeah. So you're not motivated because you're hungry or you haven't had enough sleep. You know your whatever your um you know your base needs are perhaps not met. So it's harder to have the motivation to do your languages, right? Because things like creativity, um, confidence, all of those things are like higher up in the pyramid but then also in terms of language you know so maybe you don't you know you there's no point learning all the grammar if you haven't got the vocabulary to figure out how that grammar is going to work in context oh yeah that's interesting vocabulary would be be beneath grammar yes and there's no point in attempting to read some kind of advanced text when you Mm -hmm. when you're just not at that level um or pushing yourself or in fact, there's no need, I think, or it's, it's, it goes beyond, it goes to, it goes right to the top, I think, when people do that thing where they think they'll learn by immersion, but don't even learn anything, and then just put themselves in front of another language. Exactly, right? So it's, so it's figuring out how this works for you in terms of language, how you're doing in terms of like, life in in general in terms of these these needs you know and is that affecting your language in any way as well and then you know your motivation will then kind of come sparking from that yeah so it's almost like you want to you want to draw your own personal hierarchy of language needs like what mm. what needs to get in there what needs to you know and and in terms of your goals as well like what needs to be covered for you to feel ready to build on it and then move on to the next level mhm that's interesting. That's a great and such a creative way of thinking about it. I love it, Lindsay. Well, thank you very much. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're very welcome. Okay, so a lot of people, I think, I don't know what homeostasis is, by the way. Yeah, is that just neither. sitting down? Me neither. Okay, so a lot of people feel the need <laughs> for homeostasis. A lot of people also feel the need for a calm environment to study and this brings me to my next tip so once again the days are getting shorter getting darker you you might be getting a bit colder outside or you may just feel that you know that routine that fitting everything in before before the inevitable arrival of um what for many people is christmas and for some of us it's just the the winter break um the holidays sets in so we're sort of starting to go oh oh uh-oh, I know it's it's only a month until like Santa songs are everywhere. Oh my God. So I think this is the perfect time of the year to build yourself a little retreat, 
set up an indoor space for your study. And that is my tip number three. Set up an indoor space for your study, somewhere dedicated to reading and resting. Make yourself some study tea or like, so I have, I have a work Artisan. Artisan. <laughs> so that's right. So my, my yogi tea is I'm only allowed to drink it when I'm working. That's my internal rule. And um, that is my, it's my working tea. So the idea is hopefully at some point I'll drink it and it'll just magically trigger concentration and productivity. And this special corner of your home or perhaps just of your bedroom, it beats any day. It beats kind of having some sort of messy place where you don't even know where your stuff is uh, or you're thinking oh my god you know half of my stuff is on my ipad and i don't know where the ipad is and where's my charger so make sure your you know the physical needs of that place the material needs are taken care of so get yourself a blankie or some cushions you know make it comfortable make it a nice place to you know, just do half an hour of study and perhaps perhaps if you're like me and you have to you know it helps you to to motivate yourself with a reward at the end set up that reward you know get yourself ready and it could be something like i'm going to work through this grammar chapter in the welsh grammar book and then i get to watch an episode of fashion farmer or fashion mechanic or fashion builder you know then i get to watch some junky television it it goes sort of in the in the direction of what you were saying earlier which is fixing something little into your routine so that mm. the other thing can seem like a treat and that's the idea as well. So just set yourself up and really get yourself comfy so that you start enjoying the space where you are and you get a beautiful effect of sitting indoors, all cozy and warm, and outside it's raining and horrific and you're just like, yeah, hashtag life goals. <laughs> I love when people say hashtag in real life. <laughs> it's one of my new favorite things. Um, my next one actually fits really nicely with that. So mm. I'm going to skip one and come back. Um, so I'm putting on my lab coat again. I'm backing that, backing that up with some science. Ooh, ooh. So have you heard of the Hawthorne effect? The Hawthorne effect. I have not. Mm. I have not. Tell me, tell me all. So it's something that's it's, it's noted actually in many, many different scientific studies. So basically when the results are potentially affected by the fact that participants know they're being observed, right? You're probably thinking, how does this relate? This makes no sense whatsoever. Well, the the kind of origin, first of all, there's this idea of, of telling people, right? So if you know that your mum or your husband or your housemate, whatever, knows that you're learning that language, you know, then you feel like you're being observed, so you're going to do better. But also what's interesting about it is the origins of where this comes from. So the original study was in uh, 1958 by a guy called Henry A. Landsberger. Landsberger. And he was uh, trying to determine if productivity increased in a work environment when the lighting was brighter or dimmer. Oh. So he was changing this external factor right yeah yeah which is very similar to this idea of making sure that that internal space that you've got set up we you know when you're looking out the window and it's all rainy and dull is comfortable you have the right needs for you and that you're in this really comfortable environment and that you'll be learning at your best based on your external environment yeah yeah and that's then where it comes in as well that's what i was going to say 
Wow. So it's get again like get your environment to to serve you really. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, it's not being motivated isn't just about you and yeah, I feel great today. Motivation, motivation, motivation. Go, go, go. It's not just about you. You know, you can you can kind of think beyond because you know, you could be feeling really rough, but you could still be feeling quite motivated even if you're not as productive as you might like to be oh you know, I completely based on, understand yeah yeah based on external factors that you may or may not always have control of but if you do have control of them then you can tweak to uh to uh be your best environment your best self in your best environment i love it hashtag, hashtag best self hashtag best self okay <laughs> right so my next tip kind of goes with the other next tip so my four and five kind of go together. So if you, if I may ask you, madam, um, madam scientist, <laughs> would you bring in your fifth and then I'll bring in my four and five? Okay. Awesome. So my fifth tip, my final tip is another science one. Um, so have you heard of growth mindset? Yes. Yes, I've heard mm -hmm. of it and I love it. Yeah, it's the so this best originated news ever for learners. Yeah, so this originated from um, a, uh, a researcher called Carol Dweck, mm -hmm. um, who's actually done a TED talk. We can link to that in the show notes as well. So you can kind of learn a little bit more about it. And it's really common in classrooms. Like I first came across this from Ashley, my husband, a primary school teacher. And they had this training about how they should encourage a growth mindset in the children. So rather than, you know, when they say things, Because the opposite of a growth mindset would be a fixed mindset. Correct. Yeah. So when a child says, I can't do it, that's a fixed mindset. They have it in their mind that they can't do it. And so it's a block. They're never going to be able to do it because they're telling themselves that they can't. Whereas actually when they can change that mindset to a growth mindset and they can say, okay, so I can't do this yet. Even just adding that word yet is the easiest way to, to change things, right? I can't do this yet, but I will be able to in the future. Or, but what can I do to get there? You're mm. just extending it. It might be that you ha say something like, um, uh, let me think, oh, I'm going to fail. You say, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this my best shot. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I give up. Okay, this isn't working. Let's try another way. So you're ju it's just changing The, your perception of things and your your mindset really and you know again that will become then a much more constant thing that you will do really without having to think too much about it the more the more that you do it mm -hmm. yeah i like mm. it i think that's I, the growth mindset is hugely important for learners i think particularly mm. learners that do something as vulnerable as learning a language where you you're kind of required to put yourself in front of other people to to fail publicly to a certain extent or to feel you know like Absolutely. you feel like you're failing and yeah. i love i love that you've really demonstrated the power of language by saying well all you have to do is say not yet not yet yeah and just kind of leave it in the future because that's true right you you might not be fluent but it doesn't matter because it's in your future uh you might not be able to have like um the perfect conversation where nobody ever switches to English, but it's in your future, 100% it is. And mm. it reminds me of this um, coaching advice I recently heard from um, Dane, 
can't remember his last name. Dane Sanders, uh, I think, uh, a Californian coach. And he said, you just need to add the sentence after after your negative sentence. Try and think from now on. Da, da, da. Mm. You know, just really say, okay, so I'm putting, I'm full stopping this. From now on, things will be different. From now on, I can, you know, I can do anything. From now on, I am capable. I haven't been capable until now. Not yet, but it's in my future, which is the idea of, growth you know we can grow to reach any target that we that we aim for absolutely mm. yeah so cultivate a growth mindset that's tip number five on the motivation front when for really for anybody who's learning for themselves okay i'm taking off my coat now yeah over to you. taking off your coat are you ready for a party okay okay so the final tip i have the final tip and it's it's a it's a double decker um, on the bottom floor, use the many events in this season in your own country to keep yourself motivated. So this season, I think, is full of events, full of stuff, you know, in the UK, most certainly in the USA, I know, and in Australia as well. There's just so much going on from Halloween to Christmas to you can even go with something like, I mean, Thanksgiving in the in the USA or Day in the, the dead. U- Day, Day of the Dead, yes, yes. That's on a that's on a double decker top floor. Um but hundred percent Day of the Dead, uh, Guy Fawkes Day in the UK. You know, there's so many dates in the diary that actually you can break this whole season down into three to four week chunks, which are a lot more manageable. You know, really kind of shorter chunks and i think that is a great way to get yourself motivated with mini goals um little missions that you set yourself get matching supplies so why not go to the stationery shop and have your you know get yourself a halloween themed notebook you know have a bit of fun with your language learning materials um and learn relevant vocab watch videos in the target language so really think about the events that your country marks set them and use them as little use them as little mini goal deadlines so you don't have to hang on until winter is over or winter is coming <laughs> instead there's there's usually something there so really look in the calendar and see think about what's what's just three or four weeks away because there's usually something and on the double decker of the event motivation bus i have what you said day of the dead so research what's going on in your target country because there, there's a lot of i know from my German background, there is so much going on in Germany. Oktoberfest. Oh my God, I hadn't even written that down. <laughs> Oktoberfest, 100%. Uh, have you ever heard of Erntedankfest? I have not. Is it, is it something about thanks? Yes, it's about thanks for the harvest. So in the UK, often you see these as oh, harvest festivals. Harvest festival, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Antidank, Did you do this in school as well? Did you have to take like a little tin from the back of your cupboard of spaghetti that I remember three years ago? I remember bringing cocoa, cocoa powder. Ah. Yeah. Like coconut powder. Because we harvested that in Germany, you know. Can you clarify what you mean by cocoa? Cocoa powder. Oh, cocoa. Okay, cocoa Not chocolate, chocolate Co- Okay, got you. Cocoa chocolate. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Not a coconut. I was confused. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like the tea. Yeah. It's like the tea discussion again. Uh, no. So I brought a lot of I brought cocoa. So Antidank is uh, we did it in my in my little church. So um, that's something very German. Have you heard of Reformationstag? No, but I'm guessing it means the day of reformation. 
it's the day of reformation it's actually the 31st of october um okay. quite a german thing um it commemorates when martin luther it's another religious um holiday but germany has a lot of celebrates and marks a lot of religious holidays um it's the day that martin luther mm, put his 95 points of why the Catholic Church, as it is right now, sucks onto a church door um, and basically started off the whole German Protestant movement. Ooh, so this cool. is a very Protestant day, <laughs> but it's something, it's something very German as well. So this is also on the 31st of October, which we more commonly known as... Halloween. Oh, Halloween. And after Halloween, you get Day of the Dead, which I'm sure you'll See. be seeing stuff for in Mexico right now. Yes. It's the reason we're staying here so long. Ah. <laughs> the Day of the Dead. Mm, Dia de los Muertos. Sí, el Día de los Muertos. Yeah, apparently it goes on for a couple of days. It's not, I think, it's, uh, someone told us it starts kind of end of October. But I've seen lots of Halloween stuff as well in, in the uh, Walmart up the road. So that's quite interesting. Ah. So we'll see how it kind of how it plays combines. Out. And yeah, yeah, be interesting. Ah, oh, amazing. So this is this is kind of the double decker of I think seasonal events and because I think this season is particularly full of events and full of things to you know enjoy um in your own country but also in your target country be you a mm. Spanish learner a German learner a learner of some kind of more um unusual language or whichever language you're learning and and that concludes closing the book our little book of motivation that sounds like, do you remember those little books you would get on the counter in a bookshop? Like, Little Book of Happiness. Yes, yeah. Little Book of Motivation. The Little Book of Motivation. Oh, that's, that's what we, <laughs> I wish I was running slightly long as well. <laughs> so we really the did. The Big Book of Motivation. We really did deliver the Big Book of Motivation. We've got so many angles. And thank you so much for bringing five points of motivation to the show this week. You're welcome. <laughs> How are you feeling? Are you feeling a little bit better? Are you feeling I'm ready feeling to go? A little bit better. Feeling a little bit more motivated. Fantastic. Still, still chugging my water. Mm. And you've already mentioned our sponsor, so I just want to remind all of our listeners that this show is brought to you with some support from Clothesmaster. Um, such a cool little app, fun, addictive and free. So let me just read out to you what this is all about. You're going to see a sentence in your target language with something missing and it's your challenge to fill in the blanks correctly. And this is not called a fill in the blanks exercise, but English teacher Lindsay, tell me what it's called. Close. Close exercise. Close with a Z. And that is why this app is called Close Master. We both love it. What are your languages on Close Master at the moment, Lindsay? Do you, do you really want me to share the whole list? It's quite long. Um, <laughs> Go for it. Okay, Guarani is uh, the first one. That's how I was so into it straight away because I was excited because there's not many things that have Guarani. Then I've gone for um, Indonesian to kind of keep that just lightly ticking over. Afrikaans, because I have some friends that speak Afrikaans. So again, not doing anything else in these languages, but just getting a little taste. I recently added Dutch, sorry, Dutch. I'm reading the, the title Deutsch, German from Portuguese. Portuguese. German from Portuguese. <laughs> and Italian from Dutch. 
So just to, again, the languages that I already know, but just to keep them ticking over. And then, the, the, you know, the big kind of thing I'm playing with is um, doing lots of Latin languages at the same time, like mm-hmm. a little bit each day. So Latin, Romanian, Catalan, um, Occitan, um, Galician and Piedmontese. Piedmontese. Wow. I think I pronounced that right. Yeah. yeah. So then my plan is like when I've done all of those, then do like a kind of um, Slavic group or a Gaelic languages group, you know, and just see, you know, compare these languages that I'm never really going to learn in full and really intensely, but just to play with. And Closed Master is really good for that because it's not just words, you know, you've got the, the word lists then built into real sentences as well. So it's much more natural. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I'll share with you my list of languages on Closed Master. I, okay. feel, I feel a bit embarrassed. Um, Welsh. Is that the list? And French. <laughs> That's fine. Well, like, as always, I'm, I'm, such, a, I'm such a focuser. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Welsh and French, although I have been playing around, I've been kind of following your example, or didn't even know about you doing it, but I've been following your style. Um, and I've been playing around with Breton. Ah. Because I heard that Breton is a, is a Celtic language, Gaelic, same family yeah. as Welsh. So it's kind of like, let's see if learning Welsh helps me with Breton. Yeah, yeah. that's really fun. And that is one of the joys of Closemaster, really. It's available in over 50, that's five zero languages. And it's such a huge, huge range. And they have 190 um, officially, 190 language pairs. So if you also want to learn German from Portuguese, like Lindsay is doing, this is the place to do it. This is the place to kind of come and play. And there's apps for the iPhone, there's apps for Android, there's an iPad app. Am I right? I think so, yeah. I use it mostly on my phone, but yeah, it works on desktop as well. Mm, fantastic. Now, I do have a treat for language, creative language learning podcast listeners. And that is if you want to support us and you go to Clothesmaster. So that's close with a Z, of course, closemaster.com slash CLLP. You'll find a bonus video with Closemaster tips from me. So you'll get to see my dashboard with my not 700 languages like Lindsay has. Mm. And also we've got a special voucher that I secured for you from Closemaster when you try out their awesome pro membership. And pro membership has some really cool functionality. And that is really, that really my tip. So closemaster.com slash CLLP. Go there, check it out. We we love this app, right? I really do. It's, I use it every day now. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. And you can you can have adventures in Latin languages and adventures in Celtic languages and adventures in Slavic languages. Lindsay, I'm going to close the book on this show. Uh, if Excellent. you are still with us, listeners, thank you so much for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast. As always, we really, really appreciate you. And we are going to say goodbye and hopefully i'll have Lindsay back with me very very soon because you're staying in merida until the day of the dead is over correct correct awesome well i'll wish you all wish you all the best guys and wishing Lindsay better health <laughs> thank you and it's goodbye from Lindsay williams adios and it's goodbye from me goodbye Thanks for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, guys. Don't forget to leave us a rating in iTunes and also to subscribe. And please get in touch and tell us what you thought of the episode and our topics. On Twitter, we are at LD Languages and at 
fluent language, so we're easy to find, or you can send me an email to Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk.